Hi, this is Mike Zapsick from AMC's Comic Book Men and the I Sell Comics podcast, and you're listening to Draw One Last Breath. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. The Welcome to Draw One Last Breath. My name's Matt. And I'm Paul. Welcome to this week's show, uh, episode 11. This week, we have been to the cinema to see Halloween at our local cinema. And we have a very special treat, something interesting for you later on in the show. And our something to scream about this week is favourite paranormal movie, which is very exciting. It's a good one. And our movie from the vault is none other and Clive Barker's Nightbreed. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about Nightbreed. Excellent. Thanks for picking that one. That's all right, mate. That's all right. So, should we start with a bit of news? Okay, I got a little bit. Go for it. Um, this week I saw on through bloodydisgusting.com. They are bringing a couple of treats to the new to the Sci-Fi channel. Now I quite like the Sci-Fi channel, as you know, Sharknado sure. series, Mega Sharpfish, Giant Octopus, all those really great great crap B movies that they do um but they've announced this week that they will possibly be looking at killer clowns from outer space I've seen this I, I thought of you when I saw it <laughs> and, and um also very special if they if they get this off the off, off the ground is um critters yeah, yeah that's uh, that's crazy they, they Two are great franchises like completely rebooting the franchise of both of those so I mean killer clowns didn't have one no but like the critters had four of course yeah it had legs in it didn't it little legs little tiny legs and <laughs> little leonardo dicaprio as well, at one point as well <laughs> yeah it's good um i've heard that the people that are behind the critters tv show are the same guys that did zombievers oh fucking yeah <laughs> like a bit of zombievers yeah yeah it's cracking it's cool it's cool Lovely little uh that's, i think that was new zealand that, that i think that was oh really no, i've, no, not, no, I've that, not seen no, it. that was black sheep i'm thinking of um, no, I can't remember where Zombievers was set, but it was good. Cool. Probably, probably Canada. Nice, nice. So uh, I've got a couple of bits. Um, I received in the mail the other day is a really cool Nightmare Before Christmas pop vinyl because it's 25 years this year. So I was well happy with that. It came through. It's a really like nice 25th anniversary, like kind of like the scene where they're on the hill kind of bit you know that bit i mean i don't know it because okay. as you know this will be one of the watches that i do this christmas because i still haven't been able to sit through nightmare before christmas unbelievable i don't know why um i like i like a bit of musicals so we'll see what happens this year maybe i just haven't been in the right mood i can't believe that that's crazy <laughs> i know absolutely it. crazy and you love it and i, I listen to um uh the, the boo crew this week oh yeah um, and i caught up on one of their older episodes with danny elfman yeah yeah there's all the music for it and uh, that was very interesting insight so i'm very interested to watch nightmare before christmas yeah he's um apparently uh, on that interview he's saying about he's possibly coming to the uk next year oh it's exciting so um I'll, I'll definitely go to that definitely it's not really news but i i watched a couple of things this week have you watched anything this week haunting of hill house is yeah. what i've been watching on tv same, and same. Ev- i mean you can't really escape it on social media for some reason. Mm. There's like a shitload of memes, like up uh, and uh, the bent net late bent necked lady has like become a really popular, okay. popular thing at the moment. But I've I've watched the whole, the whole seat, the whole yeah. show, and it looks and it's 
it was fr- it was freaking awesome. I really liked it. It was just I, a, almost, almost like a who done it. Yeah, be careful because I've watched it. All. I've I've watched five episodes now. Um, so you got I, the infamous six episodes. Well, I've heard about, about a lot of people were raving about six episodes. So I'm I'm hoping for good things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I started off. I'm going to be honest. It's quite slow going at the start. Um, but it um I'm as it went on. I've more and more got really involved and now I'm deeply involved because it's it's weird. It's, it is horror, obviously, first and foremost, but it's kind of cool as well. It's kind of like a, a, a family drama as well. It's just really clever how, how they do it and it, how it keeps you intrigued because I'll be honest, first couple of episodes, I was a little bit kind of, oh, where's this going? It's a little bit boring. But then when it picked up by episode three and four, now I'm like fully on board. Yeah, I know what you mean. I was really interested. I was really interested in what happened to these kids and stuff yeah. like that and the flashbacks weren't doing it for me for the first couple of episodes but as soon as you sort of got hold that got hold of you mm. and you saw the sort of the ghost element yeah, in the background yeah. and stuff like that, i was like very yeah clever, I wanna, very clever. Why, why did she you know why did she kill herself mm. oh spoiler oh well done <laughs> uh also this week um uh i watched strangers pray at night have you seen that yet no second Strangers. yeah yeah the first one i'd live Tyler, that's right Liv yeah. Tyler yeah um this one like, obviously this is no spoiler but she's not in this one although there was rumors that she was going to be um but yeah I, I I watched it the other night and um I thought it was really really good I won't, dal- I won't dive into it too much oh I bought it okay yeah because it was quite cheap you can't get it on blu-ray you can only get it on dvd but it was so cheap that I just thought I'd just pick it up because it was and it's a good one. I'll lend it to you you can have a watch see what you think all right cool I'll watch that yeah cool excellent um, have you got any other bits of news? Uh, nothing from me. Have okay. you got anything more? Just a couple more bits. Um, one thing is, um, bit, this is really interesting to me um, because I'm a massive Ray Harryhausen fan, obviously. You know, who he, he's done all the, like the Sinbad movies yeah. and, and uh, like all the kind of stop go motion stuff and Clash of the Titans and all Jason that. Jason and the Argonauts. Jason and the Argonauts, like Clash of the Titans. Um, I used to watch them all when I was a kid. Sinbad trilogy. I mean, some of the the scenes now, the the fight with the, the skeleton, yeah, fucking brilliant. Oh, without him, there would be no movie magic, mate. I'm telling you, he's, <laughs> he was a master. But this is really cool, and I was when I saw this news, I was so delighted. Um, obviously, uh, Ray Harryhausen unfortunately died in 2013, um, but he had a lot of monsters that didn't really see the light of day that he created and stuff. Um, but apparently, there's a, a new uh, movie coming out called Force of the Trojans, um, and they're going to use some of his unseen monsters in it, which is, yeah. Yeah, which is oh, really cool. Oh, okay. I, lo- I mean, those things as a kid was brilliant. Oh, mate, isn't it? But this is, apparently they're going to have, it's going to be, have like stock, stop motion, which is cool, um, but it's going to be mixed with a bit of CGI as well, and it's going to be like the first time they've had like stop go and CGI in the same kind of movie and stuff, so, and, it, and there was an interview with someone saying they're just going to pay tribute to him and they're not going to mess with it, but they're going to, pay homage to him and it's going to be really good apparently so i'm well looking forward to that so, so. we might see some stop motion like nightmare before christmas rather than chuck Steele. <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> cool the other bit of news i've got um which is quite uh interesting orion have picked up they're going to remake the night of the comet um, i right that has been everywhere for some reason mm. recently i've seen it like yeah. everywhere i'm interested to watch this movie did i buy it can you yeah, I I got you to buy it, didn't I? At um, Fright Fest because yeah. it was like a fiver. Okay, that's in, so that's in that's in my watch list. That's, that's a that's a good pick, mate. Five pounds, but 
yeah so i mean i don't know what's going to be like um but the director is um roxanne benjamin now she's produced southbound that we watched remember when you came around and you watched southbound it's like a it was like a anthology film thing it's really weird it had the hell element in it yeah like, and she was going through that really weird town yeah yeah i remember yeah, it. that was it yeah so she did that and she's also produced vhs 2 and vhs oh well, those are very good and double um i don't know what you say xx the one with all the female directors yeah you got me, you bought me that for a couple yeah. of christmases ago yeah yeah it's really good yeah so she's done a lot so i'm pretty pleased with that i think that that could be something really really good and and uh, well, it's not an anthology future. movie so it'd be something different for her to get her teeth in yeah but, yeah, yeah that'd be cool I'm, I'm really interested so yeah a couple of good bits out this week um news wise quite a lot going on obviously with halloween on the horizon and stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah halloween's literally next week so when we drop the drop the episode it'll be two days away and we love we do love this time of year i'll be mm. watching a shitload of um horror horror movies on that night and i'll be laying in the sunbed uh <laughs> drinking a uh, cocktail which is going to be weird for the first time ever i won't be in england on halloween which is weird because yeah. i love it but oh well um <laughs> what else have we done so we've done something really cool um last uh tuesday did we go and see uh a, a little director uh perform some of his hits live what's his yeah, name he's done a couple of couple of low low budget, budget sort of <laughs> like i don't think many people have probably heard of him john yeah. carpenter anyone yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we got the opportunity to go and watch we're being um... total dicks <laughs> yeah. yeah we got we got really lucky and um, we managed to bag ourselves a couple of tickets to see john carpenter uh with a meet and greet opportunity uh, it's a one in a lifetime chance in my eyes meeting like i mean we've both met george a romero uh god rest his soul um, and that was amazing and I never thought I'd meet anybody else as big as him and you know the master of horror himself John Carpenter we got we get to meet him uh we got a couple of bits signed and we um, yeah there was a, it was a good photos. little package like they gave us um like a little bag to take away which mm. had a, fi- a t-shirt with a thing on it that, that was cool. really really cool really good we got a print which you've got up on your wall now which yeah. is um uh, I don't know a limit limited print um yeah. like signed by him that was yeah. pretty cool and we got two bits signed as well so i got a couple personal of, things yeah a couple yeah. of personal bits of um memorabilia so you got really you cool. got your nice uh you got your classic thing poster which was really nice yeah just gotta get that frame now yeah and um i got a nice um print signed that i had signed by nick castle at lfcc last time so it's kind of cool to have his uh john carpenter's signature right next to it which is cool um but yeah he seemed pretty nice uh yeah, and the obviously, photo was the photo opportunity was uh, all right. You posted your you posted yours up on Twitter, haven't you? Yeah, so. yeah, it's it's all right, but he doesn't smile much. I wish I got him to throw up the horns now because I saw a load of photos of him with the uh, with the horns up, which yeah. was quite cool. But hey ho! But he was like chatting and stuff like that. Yeah, and, uh, got a couple of things out of him. Like so, unfortunately, we weren't allowed to have our phones in there or anything like that, so we couldn't get any sound bites, which is unfortunate. But hey. But the actual show that we watched, like, um, was was incredible, and I don't. Unfortunately, he only did. I think it was two or three shows in um, the UK, uh, the UK and Scotland, uh, yeah, this time so, yeah. around. Um, but I don't think he's gonna come back. You never know. I mean, but we don't know. It all depends because I heard an interview with him uh, the other day, and he was saying it, this was obviously set before he'd announced all the tour dates, and he's saying, "Oh, it does like to tour, but it's very expensive." Sometimes it can't be as lucrative as people think because uh, he has to basically put people up and, you know, and organise all these things. But 
I think if the money's right, it. it he also said something a little bit crazy in that interview hmm. uh, that he had. They there might possibly be a um, sequel coming up to one of his movies. Oh, okay. They live. All right. Okay. So he did. He did say that, but I, that's pure speculation. So we'll see oh, if that see, actually comes. He, hint, he hinted at it in one of his in, in one of the interviews, but we'll see if that comes to fruition. Oh, okay. Because I listened to one that was quite uh, an old one, and he was saying he's writing again, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't say what it is because it's possibly that. Oh, that would be maybe cool. that'd be pretty crazy. But cause... the but the concert itself mm. was incredible. Like wasn't he, it? He, but this was just him in a band. Mm. He's on keyboard. His son was on keyboard as well. Um, right, bassist, lead guitar, and, and drums, and they were just literally playing the songs um, from his movies with a sort of montage mm. in the background of the actual movie. So there was quite a few that perhaps I hadn't seen. I don't know if you like that. We'd there seen... was a couple I hadn't seen actually, yeah. and I was quite surprised at that. But it showed like Prince of Darkness. You got mm. like Christine, They Live, Big Trouble in Little China, classic. Yeah, like obviously All Halloween, the Assault on uh, Precinct Thirteen. Quite and there was a couple of others that we had to look up uh, after. Yeah, well, there's one that I really want to see. Is that uh, In the Mouth of Madness? That I haven't seen. That is that a the lot one of people with rave Sam about. Neill? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah, that looked pretty decent. Loads of people rave about that. Loads of people. So, but, but as well, the fog and stuff like that. Of course. So, yeah. And he played so a new cool. song from the the new Halloween. Yeah, that was cool. Um, like. He also did some of uh, from the from the the art theme tunes, which were were still quite cool, and they were quite rocky, weren't they? They were quite yeah. metal almost. So right, I was he's like, he's yeah. definitely like got metal influence, but it's all that. If you love like we do, we talk about all the time of our like um, moves from the vault. It's we've got that sort of eighties theme running through, it and it's it's pure eighties synth, and it's it's so it's cool. great because he had the screen behind him, and, and there were loads uh, of people there. It was full. It was yeah, cool. it was good. It was a strange crowd. I mean, it was a good crowd. But it was weird, wasn't it? Because you could tell everybody there was just massively into the horror. Some of the T-shirts we saw, uh, we saw um, uh, that you spoke to briefly was uh, Graham Humphreys, the Graham guy that Humphreys, does all the art for. Looking a great heart, the yeah, horror, a horror artist. Amazing, yeah. And um, outside as well, uh, as I was uh, off talking to someone else, you you saw um, the uh, guy from Alley Cat Graphics. Alley Cat Graphics, because. Uh, Matt likes to sport like a, a lot of pins on <laughs> oh, his. Oh, both were. Well, yeah, a lot of pins on his background. So this chap behind us goes, "Oh, that, I made that," and I'm like, "Oh, who's this then?" So I turned around and I sort of like, "Well, you know what? This on me on my backpack." And he goes, "Yeah, I'm, I'm I made that," and I'm like, "So you're Ali Cat, like the guy from Ali Cat Graphics?" So we sort of chatted about. So if if you if you ever listen to the podcast, uh, we might have to get in touch and. Uh, see what we can do with, with those guys because their stuff is impressive it is, is it's, it's love lovely it. in it as well it's just great they just have some really really good stuff it's like on, enamel pins basically aren't but they? they're really good quality stuff i mean he's got um pillows on there obviously i've got you the critter pillow yeah from there um uh he's got some really nice prints on there um it's just all around really good stuff and if you're well into horror you should go and check it out because it's really really good stuff yeah they're nice items to have mm, mm. But we also got the opportunity, this, we saw that, I mean, we've been raving about this thing for about like, a couple of months now, and it's coming up, the um, 80s horror doc that they're doing in Search of Darkness. You saw that he was coming to the show. Yeah, I kind of reached out to him on Twitter and just kind of like thought, why not just say, you know, if you've got a spare 10 minutes, can we have a quick chat or something or possibly interview? And we got talking to him. We met him before the show started, had a little good, nice little um, chat, talk about his projects and stuff like that. It was a bit too loud to do anything there, mm. but he's just, 
he's such a nice guy that um, he met us after the show and uh, we got the opportunity to speak to him for about I don't know, 20 minutes or so just um, in the middle of uh, middle of Shepherd's Bush. It was weird, but it was, tree kind trunk. Of, it was kind of really nice because we, we'd just all been to the Carpenter show, been to the show and watched it with loads of just massive horror fans outside chatting to all these people, you know. And uh, yeah, we just got the interview on on the green across, um, and he and his name's um, Robin Block, and he was basically he's the executive producer of this thing, and he's running it, and he's getting all these good people on the dock, um, and he had the time to just give to us, and it, it just made it special because we'd just been to the show. Yeah, and um, it felt standing like... outside the venue as well. It was cool with John with John Carpenter being like synonymous with the eighties. It was mm. like perfect, like. Thing. we were on it like that sort of high and we all, all three of us were just like we're just buzzing yeah and we just wanted to type um talk about it and talk about his project um his project i mean we're we're going to play play it shortly um and you'll get to listen to it and you get to listen to robin talk about um this fantastic project that he's putting through and we are so looking forward to it we've both backed it on um, yep. kickstarter yeah and we want you guys anyone listening out to go and um, put your um you know whatever money you can towards this project they've already hit their um, first target and they've hit their they've hit their second stretch target so they're going for a third stretch target and now every time they do this they're adding more and more like goodies to the actual dock mm. i mean with the second stretch they added like a, a fr- it's gone up to like three hours with like with extras and stuff this uh, this new stretch target is going to be um introducing uh women into horror so he's going to have an extra element so he's got loads and loads of people on board as it is Barbara Crampton, Adrian Baboa, amongst um, amongst a whole barrage of other women that are in. So he's going to be doing that extra bit. We'll just go towards that little like like little bit of extra for yeah. that. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Get behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're interested, go yeah. you know go on the Twitter, okay. uh, go on the website, which you is like eighteeshorror.com. Yeah, you can go straight on our our Twitter and you'll see we're, we're promoting it. We're getting behind behind this, and um, he's a passionate bloke. And just on that, it's it's ending, I believe, on the 4th of November at midnight. So you've got till then to go and back this project. And believe me, if you're a horror fan, you want to get involved because some of the packages are, are really, really good. And they're affordable as well. So get behind it because this is going to be a part of uh, horror history in my eyes. I don't know about you. But yeah, I, t- I totally see it. It's yeah. going to be the, the, the definitive guide to the 80s, 80s horror. Sure. He's got, I mean, you know, you're going to hear it now. So we... Should we play it now? Let's roll it. Let's go. And Here we go. Then this is um, Robin Block, executive producer from uh, In Search of Darkness. So here we are. Draw one last breath. We're live. Uh, we've just been in to see John Carpenter live at the O2 Academy Shepherd's Bush, and we're lucky enough to have a quick interview with uh, Robin Block. Hi. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. Really good to uh, bump into you guys. Yeah. Um, at the John Carpenter gig, which was phenomenal. Oh, absolutely amazing. It was out of this world. The, the crowd were amazing, the band were amazing, all the visuals in the background. If you ever get the chance to see John Carpenter live, do it, I think. Excellent. So, Robin, obviously, we want to find out about what you're doing. It's, it's a very uh, interesting documentary that you're uh, getting kick-started. So, uh, can you tell me a little bit about what your whole kind of documentary is about? We're making a retrospective documentary on 80s horror and we want this documentary to be the definitive documentary we want it to be the best documentary ever made on the era and what we're doing is entirely unique um, you know with 
an 80s horror documentary, you would expect 80s horror icons. And sure. we've got an amazing lineup of talent involved. People like Stuart Gordon, Jeffrey Coombs, I could, Joe Dante. Um, That's a good just call. Like, just <laughs> like, I mean, loads and loads we've got. Um, uh, Lloyd Kaufman. But you'd expect that because it's 80s horror, 80s icons, right? Sure, sure. But what's different is we're actually bringing three groups of stakeholders together for the first time in history to really look at 80s horror and understand what it means and what it means for us, all of us today now. So we're bringing in modern horror greats, people like Lee Wanell. We've got Ryan Turek, who uh, is one of the producers on the new uh, Halloween movie. He's part of Bloomhouse. Sure. Um, and the third group, which actually kind of includes you guys, you know, so these are what we call horror influencers. So we've got some of the top horror YouTubers. We've got some of the top industry pundits on horror these are the editors of magazines like uh, the daily dead fangoria sure. uh, dread central and um, we've got michael gingold who was the editor of uh, fangoria for 26 yeah, years and gave yeah. uh, del, uh, guillermo del toro his first break and we've got a whole bunch of social media influencers um so tons of podcasters tons of instagram uh, people merchandisers we've got brent scrivens from fright rags so we're bringing this group of stakeholders together it's really like a massive family it's a just massive family together, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely looking at 80s horror and going through the whole thing and just looking at why it was awesome and my aim is really simple i want people to watch this film and just go on a massive 80s horror movie marathon binge like a massive binge yeah <laughs> like compelled to so we're really tapping into um actually i, I realize now it's actually about belonging and there's something very powerful about 80s horror you know the kids you know I was a kid in the 80s watching 80s horror and I felt like a bit of an outsider and I'm 40 years old now and I've just been to an event where everyone looks and sounds just like me and probably feels the same way so it's a highly emotive subject and what I found through making this um, getting this idea off the ground is that you're tapping into something that people really care about that people really identify with Um, and so that's a huge responsibility um, on me and the team to deliver but I've got a world class team now Um, so we're we're on Kickstarter the rewards we've got on Kickstarter are one of a kind so this is really your only opportunity to get that kind of merch and be part of it Mm -hmm. and luckily you guys are so you're back yeah which is is, officially now (laughs) which is which is amazing and uh, and, yeah we are officially Herbert West's (laughs) Herbert West right so the um which I think is incredible you know when you have it's this is for the fans funded by the fans you know and and and, you know the community's part of it that's brilliant I mean kind of another question I've got is is what made you just decide to do this what made you pick horror what made you just I mean you've touched on it you're you're obviously passionate about it and you you figured out and you know what other fans are like what made you decide to pick this and do this well um my background was in TV and factual entertainment and I directed tons of documentaries and and run successful production companies and I got to this point in my life really where you know I I was working on things that I didn't care about and so I decided to start a new business and um, work on projects that really interested me and and sort of the reward wasn't financial the reward was the journey of making it sure and so you know 80s horror was something that I've just over the last few years really gravitated towards and I'm talking about the whole revival in VHS cover art um, the whole thing and, and it's funny because it's kind of come full circle tonight because I've just been to see someone whose work has impacted my life I remember being a teenager having buying VHS's of, of oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Christine and Halloween and, sure. and treasuring those things and 
And uh, in fact, one of the guys in the documentary is Larry Cohen, and The Stuff is one of my sort of favourite all-time oh. sort of... It's not really a horror film, but it's part of that yeah. aesthetic. Oh, totally. Uh, totally. And, and yeah, so it's the, the journey is the reward with this, but I do think there's a need, and, and um, we wouldn't be where we are in terms of the success of the Kickstarter or the talent we've got attached to the project if I wasn't tapping into something that people cared about. Absolutely, absolutely. I agree 100%. So what's your... From, from your childhood, I mean, you touched on it kind of, but what's your earliest memory of horror for you? God, that's a really good question. And um, my actual, I must have been about five or six, and I don't want to get my mum in trouble. But, <laughs> no, we've but, done that plenty. Yeah, <laughs> right, okay. But I remember watching The Thing with my mum and the chest-busting scene, right? And that was vivid. And I know it's not a horror film, but there was like a scene in Rambo that stayed with me as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but my, I, you know, I... My parents uh, got divorced when I was quite young, and so my our Saturday night ritual was just me and my mum, and we'd she'd drive me down to the VHS like store, store yeah. right? Oh, and oh, it was a local memories. it was a local news agent yeah. in Tunbridge Wells, oh, and really? uh, yeah, and uh, we'd go and pick movies, and we'd get pizza, and uh, we'd sit down and we'd, we'd coke and pizza and and uh, and watch these movies. And I remember seeing stuff which scared the hell out of me then. Sure, um, but for me now it's weird because horror is kind of. Uh, counterintuitive but like you know it's a weird source of comfort mm. yeah, uh, totally and it gives me a sort of warm feeling being connected to it because it sort of connects me back to just being hundred percent you know and I think I honestly think that being a young teenager 12 13 is probably the prime age to watch this work sure. is when you're most impacted by it oh, yeah, yeah. and it's funny because you know as a 40 year old now it's I have to sort of turn apart my brain off yeah. to just relax and enjoy it and again being at the John Carpenter gig just totally did that I was just yeah. like wow my sort of teenage inner 12 year old just was freaking out you know yeah, so, yeah, totally. yeah. well music is like so important to like horror and John Carpenter does it who best. does it better no one does no, it better no <laughs> you know so um, just the whole and it's funny because I appreciate his work in a whole new way um, there's a good friend of mine who's a producer on this project on, and on my other uh, documentary in Search of the Last Action Hero. It's called uh, <laughs> Time and Sing. He'll get me, I'll get me in trouble. Forget his name. He's, a, he's actually in LA now filming interviews oh, really? for, for In Search of the Last Action Heroes, which is the 80s action documentary. Oh, but in Bristol on, I think, the 30th of uh, October, he's got something called Genre Geddon, where they're playing four back-to-back Carpenter films. Oh, wow. Which is going to be amazing. I'm going to try and make it up uh, up there. I think it might be there. Actually, it might be the 27th or 28th. It's one of those one of those nights. Um, so, you know, you, you, you kind of talked about your fond memories of horror and stuff. So if there's one go-to movie for you, what, what would be the one that you, you oh, pick man, up the shelf? Okay, the so really the one that I would say I've invested the most time in and watched the most would be The Thing. Um, because it's one of those movies that's a pure movie it's perfect you know it's like it's like a whole universe that's been frozen in time in like amber you know it's untouchable and so there's a few films from the 80s i went to see a um, a double bill of uh predator and predator 2 cool right and i and i watching the predator at the cinema was like watching it again for the first time it had that perfect it was seamless like it kept my attention the whole thing and the thing does that and i probably watch it every year and every year i kind of pick up something new it's layered Sure. Um, and it just and, it, and that's a remake I mean it just shows Carpenter's genius and I, I'm not you know I'm not against the 2011 or 12 version they did mm. but you know it, you, how can you ever top that 
No. no the practical effects are just like... They were showing it today, like Rob yeah. Bottin. I mean, he would, Rob Bottin would be like a dream interview. Like, if yeah. anyone knows how to contact him, <laughs> like, you know, we'll pay money because, like, he would be a dream. I think he sort of just left the industry has, in the 90s. He's gone, like, completely under the radar. Yeah. But, but you never know. You never know, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, so... With back to the documentary, obviously, like it's going to be a, quite a lengthy process. How long do you think that it's going to take? And it's a, it's a lengthy it's process, but the shooting and post production is quite compacted. Cool. So we start, we begin filming in late November, early December. So I'm off to New York, and then uh, the main bulk of our production is going to happen in, in LA between January, and February sure. uh, next year. Then we're going to post in March. So if you're a backer of the project expect to receive your awards um, in July and that's something that um, you know we planned out the schedule it's 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 not on its own it's not an island this film it's working with a few other projects so it's all part of the same uh, flow of production Mm -hmm. so I'm very confident when I say we'll ship for July Um, you know we you know part of what's great about doing a Kickstarter is a lot of the work involved in doing a documentary in terms of scheduling and getting access to people you cover that through the Kickstarter itself so um, it's kind of included. It's yeah. kind of included, so we're going to sort of roll straight into it's it. Fantastic! Yeah, fantastic. I'm really excited. I think it's just going to be a, you know, you do these projects because they're fun, yeah. you know, and like life's too short, and you've got to enjoy what you're doing. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've got to say, like you, you've pretty much hit hit at the time fantastically because at the moment with with all these films coming out at the cinema and and um, younger crowds getting involved, uh, it's prime. And I think you've hit when the iron is, you know, iron is hot because it's just a genre that is just massive at the moment. But I think it's uh, it's such a great thing that you're doing this. It's fantastic. That's very very kind, and I appreciate the interest. I appreciate you guys reaching out. Sure. Love what you're doing. I think it's very powerful. You know, when you start putting energy into your genuine interests like sort of the universe kind of changes a little bit and just seeing you guys walk around the event tonight and meet people it's just all good vibes isn't it it's great it's great I love it it's like a family vibe it's great Um, we've just got a couple more questions go for it Um, basically we have a topic on our our, um, podcast every week so our next topic is going to be what's your favourite paranormal movie Oh man, I know the answer to this. Right? I've got another story to it. So, I'm my sort of forty-year-old self is a bit cynical. Okay. So it takes a bit more. It takes for me to actually get frightened by a movie takes quite a lot. Same, same. Right, and so I'll give you an example. Two big examples in my life where um, I was disappointed. The first was the Blair Witch Project because I was at uni and everyone hyped it up and I went to see it and it didn't hit me. Mm. And the second was recently Hereditary, which I think mm. was a masterful marketing campaign. But I, yeah. I took my mum to see it in London. Oh, really? Yeah, because that's like our thing, seeing horror movies. And we were both like, oh, I thought it would be... I mean, it definitely had some moments, don't yeah. get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't like next level... It wasn't The Exorcist, you sure, know? Sure. No, it wasn't. So my, my favourite paranormal film um, is... It's actually not just one, but it's the whole paranormal activity... Um, <laughs> I've got a story, so I watched that. I'm a grown man, right? Okay, okay. I watched that when I was 32 years old. I watched it on my laptop in my flat, and I had to sleep with the light on. Right, right. It scared the hell out of me. We did well. We went, we went to see the cinema together, didn't we? And this guy was just. Absolutely I was hiding fits. in my. I was hiding in my hoodie. And, and, <laughs> and that night, I remember I went home, and uh, I literally went home to bed, and I was on in the house on my own, and literally the door just started to swing open. 
and it was my goddamn cat. Yeah, you know what? We should have a su- we should we should form a support group. Yes. Yeah. Like that's like PTSD, well, right? This is, this is the one thing that, that does freak me out is that paranormal kind of thing. Insidious did it as well. When I went to see Insidious, that kept me up that night, the first one. And having Lee One L obviously in in our documentary is a real con- guy, personal yeah. connection for me. So, but like that scared that genuinely like all those Annabelle films and. But the whole James Wan sort of yeah, universe, Wan universe right yeah right it's just um, you know if it doesn't even have to be the best in the series like sure. but what I do miss is I feel like modern horror there's a real trend toward jump scares which yeah. is great and they're and I'm, I'm a sucker for them I'm, I'm hiding <laughs> I'm between my hands but um, you know the layers and the depth of 80s horror um, and to a degree 70s horror I miss I miss that yeah, yeah. I miss that. There was something, and maybe I think perhaps that's because audiences nowadays were a little bit more sophisticated. Sure. Um, so you know, and, and some of being scared, you know, some of the part of actually being frightened by a horror film is demystified in a way yeah. that it wasn't when you know you first watched stuff in the eighties. Yeah. Perhaps it was a bit more of an innocent time. Yeah, exactly. I think you're right because it's it's like things are different now, aren't they? It's just like. You, you know, it's all about kind of bums on seats and money and all this stuff. But you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, well, last thing is just like, where can people go to support you? And what, what can they do? Yeah, well, we are live right now. Um, at, at, you know, in terms of recording, right, <laughs> we're in the middle of Shepherd's Bush sure. in, a, in basically a field <laughs> in Shepherd's Bush. Uh, and we've got 19 days left on the Kickstarter. And there's two ways. You can Google in search of darkness it'll take you straight to the kickstarter page or go to 80shorrordoc.com which will take you straight to the kickstarter page and i think that if you're interested if that era is meaningful to you take a look at the amazing rewards that we've got um you know crowdfunding is rewards based crowdfunding so from our perspective it's very much we're pre-selling uh this and the rewards that we're offering won't be offered again I believe um, in, me, in, there's some great rewards in there. So. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Tonight I bumped into Graham Humphreys, who, if you're sure. in Europe, is like the 80 horror guy. So, you know, he did all the cover art for all the major franchises, Evil Dead, Nine Elm Street. Stuff, so he, we, I commissioned him to do the main art, the main uh, landscape artwork. For, great, great and catching up with him tonight was awesome. Um, and so, you know, like it's, it's bona fide. You know, we've got some proper, you know, legends of the game yeah. involved. And, and, you know, I'm just hugely flattered by the interest and, um, you know, we're going to make something which I think is going to be special. I think you're totally right. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking to us uh, tonight and taking the time out. And it's been a, a really special night with uh, John Carpenter playing as well, so it all adds to the, uh, the atmosphere. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. You know, get behind the Kickstarter, as we said. You, um, Robin gave us all the details to get on there, push your money, and be Herbert Wests like us. <laughs> And uh, thanks again, Robin, for doing that. Yeah, that massive, massive thanks. Such a passionate guy as well. Okay, should we uh, get on to our review of the week? Um, this week we went and saw Halloween. Set the scene. Um, set the scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, set the scene. So this is Halloween. Um, 40 years on from the 1978 John Carpenter movie. Yeah, he did the uh, soundtrack to it, um, along with his uh, son, I believe. But he had a lot to do with it. He, he's looked over scripts and had a lot of say in it, apparently. Yeah, and it brings back Jamie Lee Curtis into the role once again. She's been in um, the, like a couple of previous ones. 
like H2O, um, the one after H2O, I can't remember that one, and uh, the second one as well. But this basically ignores everything after the first Halloween. And just a note on this, there will probably be spoilers in this, so if you do want to skip it, skip it and come back to it after you've seen it. But I mean, if you listen to this it. podcast, hopefully you've gone out and seen it anymore because it's made a buttload of money. It's doing really well at the box mm-hmm. office and lots of people are like going to see it. So hopefully you've watched this movie already. I would hope so, yeah. <laughs> I'd hope so. It's but quite you... funny, actually, because it, it came out, apparently it, it came out on the 19th and that was actually the date of actual Michael Myers' birthday, <laughs> which is quite a funny little thing, I thought. I saw that. That was really cool. So but... should we dive in? Yeah, I mean, as, as I said, it's um, forty years later, forty years on from the, uh, the the night after he escaped the, the asylum. Night he the came home <laughs> and uh, terrorized Laurie Stroud and her Strode, Strode and her, her bunch of uh, a bunch of babysitting mates and their boyfriends. Yeah, kills the shit out of them. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> and he's in this um, scenario. We don't know it, but he's been he's obviously captured after that night. Yeah. And uh, brought back into asylum. So he's been in there, and he hasn't talked to anyone mm. for like forty years. He hasn't yeah. he hasn't uttered a, uttered a word. And uh, just on the note as well, we both rewatched this, didn't we? Before we went in, I mean, we both watched it on Blu-ray, didn't we? And uh, it, I felt like I had to just have a little rewatch before I went in. I've seen it a number of times, but I just wanted to go in with it in my mind, so, so to remember what happened and everything. Oh yeah, it's a great setup, and it's a fucking yeah. classic. The music's incredible. It's amazing. And, I mean, the, you kind of forget. Like I haven't watched this movie for the first one for ages, but you kind of go, "Oh Christ, this is like um, every slasher movie you have ever watched since." It's got like bits from this movie. You can see influences and in just like in the DNA of all kind of sl- sure. on all slasher movies. So you kind of feel like you're kind of watching a if you haven't watched any if you've watched Scream, you've watched new slasher movie, you're thinking, well this is a this is a piss take. This is like uh copying everything, but it's not. This is this set the um, blueprint for oh, slasher absolutely. movies. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this it was good kind of watching it. Um but the new on to the new one. Mm-hmm. So in this movie we have Jamie Lee Curtis um, reviving her role as um, Laurie Strode um, Judy Greer plays her daughter uh, Karen and her granddaughter Alison is played by Andy Matichek. Um this is just an old school slasher really isn't it it is I mean I I've, obviously we've both been waiting for this I mean the horror community has been waiting for this movie for well since day one it was announced you know uh, with the pictures and all the little teasers and stuff that were coming out, everybody's just been on it. There's been memes, there's been photos, there's been like tweets, and m- m- media has gone mad. The horror community has gone crazy. It's been really, really good watching all that, and the build-up has been great. So it's 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 all been hyped up, and it's been it's been done so professionally. Everything they've done, the marketing on it, everything you know, Blumhouse of behind it. So they know what they're doing, do you know what I mean? But um, I've loved all that, and and I was just we were both so excited when we go into it. I mean, we 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 don't normally go into the cinema on a Saturday, but um, yeah, and to go on a Saturday was completely different because the whole it was a full cinema. Yeah, absolutely full, which was awesome to kind of see. Like first you know, opening weekend, which yeah. is you know understandable, obviously. Let's let's talk about some of the characters. What how did you what did you think about some of the characters? The granddaughter hmm. um, was all right. Was was all the all the characters, the new ones that they brought in, 
were cool. There was some good like character development and stuff. It was I, all, I really it was liked. Pow- it was all about powerful women, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, to- totally. I, I, I did like that side of it. I mean, I, to me, I really liked the the start of it. I liked the podcasters that were in it, obviously, because <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was kind of a up to date spin on it. Because you know, you get a lot of these people that uh, do investigations and podcasts and yeah, stuff on po- that podcasters where they get the free grand from <laughs> yeah i know like just <laughs> sling out free grand there you go um but yeah i thought that's kind of an interesting opener which was which was different which was cool uh i liked the opening scene in the mental hospital um i thought that was shot really well uh, again with the with the score as well it was absolutely amazing really interesting you know when they go out into the courtyard and it's all like squares and they're all chained to their spots and it's like you're not allowed to go over the line and stuff just the build up to it all was really really like intense and it was and it was kind of cool you're like oh my god you're gonna see him you're gonna see him yeah and, and the te- you right exactly hit the nail on the head there the way they set the tone and the mm-hmm. tension and stuff like that building it was it was really decent yeah um and you know you got really immediately sort of pulled into the back into this franchise brilliant straight away yeah this is the spoiler territory sure so once again he escapes from he gets he's going to be moved and he's get escapes he starts like then killing in indiscriminately hmm. at first you've got him killing for the opportunity i mean within the first 30 minutes yeah um there's like about eight deaths wow the one i'd love to speak about in particular which i was very surprised they went to there's a young kid and his father in in the car and they obviously come across the turnover bus and uh, or the bus sorry ditched the dad gets haggard oh, i'm gonna see if everybody's okay and obviously doesn't come back and then the little kids there like and what how old, how old do you reckon it was what, 10 11 yeah and he was like oh obviously they were going hunting or something or coming back from hunting and he's like I, I, I he just gets out of the car doesn't he and you think nah he's not gonna get killed surely um, I mean, I thought he was going to get. I thought he was going to well, get. Well, I, I don't think they'd go there to be honest, because like they don't normally like kill children, do they? Like, well, they've not really shown much of that in 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 kind of previous films. Um, but I thought it was really clever. They actually went there and they first the first proper kill that you see is this kid, and it's like whoa. And he gets his, uh, you know, he gets his neck snapped. Yeah. It's not like a, you know, it's a kind of stabbed and then neck snapped. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a brutal little moment yeah. for like the, you know, anyone who's not, you know, used to seeing that sort of thing mm. in horror, and it's it's quite a, I don't know, a, a brave turn, mm. definitely yeah. brave yeah, turn yeah, to yeah, do, it's and good, it's good to have that sort of new element, you know, sure. and quite dark. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, then he goes on, and within the next like ten minutes, he's killed like another four people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone's seen the, if everyone's seen the trailer. You got the bit in the toilet, and that scene is. It's a shame. Again, I, I know I always have a good trailers, but it's a shame because the trailer in the toilet where he's bang like the door banging on the door, and then and then like she's in the toilet. He uh, the scene where the bit where he puts uh, the teeth over the top is awesome, and I just think, ah, oh, why'd they put that in the trailer? That that bit's awesome, and it's just like they give away those little bits, but it. It's quite interesting. Uh, the only thing with that scene, I, I, I had a little bit of a problem. They showed a lot of his face, a lot, and never I, his eyes though. Uh, well, you do see one of his eyes mm. when oh, he looks through there's the gap. Glim- yeah, because oh, obviously that was a nod to the coat hanger eye. Obviously, he's yeah. looking through and you see his messed up eye. And I know, obviously, in the first one, you do see him 
uh, kind of very, very briefly. But this one, I just felt like you see a lot of him, and I, I wish he'd got the mask straight away and then gone in there. Because I just think they show too much. They show too much of him. You like, I don't know whether they wanted to just portray to, 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 for you to see how old he is because he looks quite a lot older um, and he's balding and stuff. And <laughs> you can see that. And obviously it would be like that because he's, he's old. Well, yeah, it's, but it, it is just shows a lot. I was just about, for me, it showed too much. So um, Laurie Strode then. So she yeah. is like basically Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. <laughs> yeah, she's in, uh, She's just basically... Um, almost like um, building a, a house. She's living in the middle of nowhere, mm. and she's built a house basically that any doomsday person would be proud of. She's got guns. Mm. She's got security. She's got can good. She's got play. She can survive for ages in this house if she wanted to. Yeah. Um, and she knows she's learned how to shoot. She's taught her daughter how to shoot. Although she kind of there's like alluded to that the daughter got like taken away early doors because the authorities found out what she was doing. Yeah. But you know, that she's, she's preparing for the moment that Michael gets out of, of prison. Yeah. They kind of like make it like, obviously in the film at the start, they make it as like, she's protecting herself in this house so no one can get in. So, you know, she's built this kind of fortress kind of place for her to live. So if he did ever get out that she'd be, be safe say uh, but she's all messed up isn't she i mean this is a, a a bit of the film i thought was clever because obviously it shows over those years how tormented she is by this and how it's really kind of messed with her head and i thought that was a really good element they showed that she was struggling with and that she's kind of like uh, almost kind of like this is kind of brushed off onto her onto her daughter and that's why she got taken away as well and there's obviously a scene in, in uh, where they're at the restaurant uh, where the boyfriend is meeting uh, the granddaughter's parents and she comes along and it, she's kind of like drinks the alcohol real fast and she's like kind of like just losing it a bit and I like them showing that element because that's obviously what she'd be like because she's just like literally had this on her the whole time he's been in there. She's broken. Yeah, totally. And you, and you feel that. She's yeah. broken and I think they... Um, they didn't need. They could have like lost the boyfriend bit, and more focused mm. a little bit more on that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. There was bits that I felt that were a bit, you know, that they could have just trimmed down and had other bits of other things. But but you got the you got the feeling. You, what they wanted to say, they show is that like that night forty years ago has affected the whole. Oh life. yeah, it's broken the family. It's broken every kind of he. Even though he is not there, he's completely made this family crumble and kind of torn them apart kind of thing and it's still affecting them this far on i suppose that's the serious side of the movie mm, so yeah, yeah. if we could pull it back to michael yeah all right and he's killing indiscriminately yeah so he I, I never think that like he has any focus in terms of like who he's who he's killing does he usually have a target in his, his movies no i don't not, think so no not, that's not, not really michael, no but like he does kind of like latch on to a bit of um laurie strode and they do like say that she's the target and ultimately mm. he's like going after her true um and they do play on that a lot but he in the in this movie when he sort of gets his mask mm. that moment's cool yeah um and he puts it on he's got his he's got the overalls and the music comes on <laughs> music and he's wandering around um haddonfield yeah um and he he there's this moment 
which I absolutely loved. And he was just like, he just literally walks into the backyard. He does, it's, well, it's the, the, so psychopathic. It's brilliant. Before you get to that, it's funny because it's, it's obviously Halloween night and everybody's around in costumes. So him walking down the street is just like whatever. So he's walking around with all these families and kids and don't some kids bump into him or something and then they run off. Yeah, and it ain't nothing. He's just, yeah, and it's, it's so like funny. Same thing. He's just like, I thought he was going to stab one of the little kids or something. I was like, oh no. It's worth knowing at this point, when it, before he gets back to Haddonfield, that he's already killed the a buttload of people. Two podcasters. <laughs> oh yeah, they're both dead in the in the worst couple way of, possible. Couple of people in the station, in the gas station, where yeah. he gets the overalls, and um, you know you do see a little bit of like jaw just like mm. torn off. That was nice. That was a nice little scene. And he's oh, all, yeah. he's killed. He's obviously killed the the kid. Yeah. Um, the dad, mm. and then two the two guards from the um, prison as well. So yeah. they're all. They're all dead. Mm. Absolutely brutal. So we lost about eight eight kills already. already yeah. We've got a good, we got a good healthy kill count at yeah. the moment. So he's wandered into this ta- um, person's garden, mm. picks up a hammer, walks into the house, does her. You, you sort of don't see it on camera, no. but it's that that whole beautiful sort of like follow cam. Yeah, it like, looks really like liked. it's all one shot, yeah. which I hope it is. I don't think it was edited, but. It just follows him, doesn't it? In one whole take, which was really cool. Yeah, I love that. I do yeah, love like, the way it's shot. Yeah. Like, it just worked well in the first one, mm. so why not? Um, and he and he he sort of does a does it with a hammer, and then he mm. finds a knife, and that's it, and that's his tool. And he walks out. He sort of walks into the, like I don't know if it's the na- is it the neighbours? Um, I don't know if he just just picks... before you go on. Yeah. There's a freaky part about that is oh, that you yeah. all you hear is he's just killed this woman with a hammer. And you hear a little baby crying, like a baby baby, and you think, and this is where I thought, nah, no way, they're not going to go there. They they cannot go there. That's just too too dark. Why not? And anyway, it like literally he hears it and he just he kind of you kind of see him kind of stop, but he he for a split second and he just carries on. And you think, oh. Whew. Yeah, I'm not sure why they did that. Why no why they just like I just think they were alluding the to out. it. I mean, I think they were just making it worse. The fact that he just killed like some baby's mother, and, and the fact that now the uh, what's worse, him killing the baby or him k- leaving the baby there for no one to find it for well, ages. This is like, oh god. Maybe there is some like method to his Duck. madness and stuff like that. Maybe he's like, he's killing the he's killing the mother off, and then uh, the baby's left to avenge her. Later, and he'll take it like other when he when the baby's a little bit older, it just leaves another sort of like nail to his story. It's like, right, she's gonna be she in another 50, you know, 15 years, that baby will be old enough to go, fucking bastard killed my uh mum, and yeah. there'll be another movie, yeah, so maybe there maybe. you go, <laughs> that's another revenge. Off on one there. <laughs> um, but what does he do next? He sort of like goes into a neighbor's house. And it, it look, is that the one that you're on about? Is the, where she's on the phone and she looks all panicked. Then she goes to the window. Is that, is that the one you're yeah, on? Yeah, closes the blind and he sticks a knife in through her neck. Yeah, she's obviously had a call saying, "Oh, there's been bodies found or something." And then she like goes to the window. I thought that was quite cool because she goes to the window all panicked and is looking around. You just see him in the background, <laughs> stabs the like. It's just like it's just pure kill count, isn't it? It's yeah. just like it, it's clever. I, I liked it. It's cool. I really did like that. Bit. So. Next kill. So this is all happening, and yeah. at this point, um, Laurie's with the old copper. Yeah. The old copper's Hawkins. in it, Hawkins, and he's in it, and they're both sort of like on their little merry way, trying to find him. Because they've found out that he's he's escaped. And then we get to the almost my favourite part of the movie, 
mm. which is the babysitting scene. It's like you know, so we're having a nod to the yeah. The, there's the, there's the a series. lot of nods yeah. in this movie to the first, which you know what I don't care. Like I, I've seen a couple of bits. I lie, I didn't read lots into it, but I saw a couple of bits online where people were just going, oh, this and that. Oh, it's like you know, fan service. What? And I'm like, so what? Fan service. I love that. I love the nods to the original. I love the way. That's how he kills. That's that's him. This is a follow-on from the first film. This has nothing to do with the rest of the films. Forget about all the rest of the films and all the rest of the kills that's happened. This is how he kills. So why, why wouldn't yeah? Why why wouldn't he stab someone up on the wall with a knife and do the same kind of? That's his. That's his signature thing. Maybe totally. Just don't know. It you know is. I mean? it, it is. Um. You know. It's all about scared. You know. Finding a movie that scare the shit out of you when you're babysitting yeah. I think that's what the original premises was exactly. and why why stop it hmm. so we get that we get that somebody's babysitting so we know that she's probably going to be a target the boyfriend's coming round as well yeah and we get this great little kid you know <laughs> yeah. we're, we're blessed at the moment I think with like a barrage of like kids in movies that are just like yeah. absolutely Fine killing actors. it yeah. and uh, we've got to add this one to it I didn't write down his name I uh, don't know if you did. Um, I think his character's name in it is is Julian. I don't know his actual actor's oh, okay, name. But but he, Julian, the kid, is called Julian. He's yeah. brilliant anyway. and um, He's hilarious. He's just like his little one-liners and stuff. I like, like that. that. It kind of broke out because like, from the start, it's like dark, full-on killing, you know, really, really like high kill count. And then it, I felt like this just lightened it up a little bit. And, I didn't think it lined up too much. I think it was just the pinch of about uh, enough comedy. Really. Yeah, and he does the best thing as well because the boogie—it's all about the boogeyman. Oh, yeah. And the boogeyman is in the cupboard, and you know the babysitter's going to get it, and the boyfriend's going to get it. We know that. There's <laughs> that's another two to his his notch. Yeah. But it's um. But he gets the hell out of dodge. Yeah. And, uh, he and you just, don't see him again. And you don't see him again for us moving. <laughs> he just he goes and he says, "I'm getting the hell out of Dodge." I think he just like does one, and the other two like. And you as know, he's running out, he says to the the babysitter's boyfriend, "If you go up there, you're gonna die." And he just runs <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she, you know, she, and then we get the like, lovely little suspenseful moment under the sheet. I thought the again, nice clever, yeah. another nod, but I just like that because it's just the suspense of it. Is it going to be Michael? Is it going to be a dead body? And they just drawed it out so long, and you're like, because there are quite a few jump scares in there as yeah, well. I shit myself a couple of times. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm not the biggest jump scare fan, but there were a couple of things that made me shit myself. Yeah, I think there was another nod like later on with Hawk. Um, it was uh, Hawkins bumping into the granddaughter. Oh yeah, which yeah, yeah. happened in the original with Laurie. She yeah. bumped into yeah, um, little Cop as well. So there's a nice little nod there. We get him, and um, this is when it's going full full-scale hunt for michael sure so that i think um, laurie's like trying to get a sort of family out get them to the the safest place on earth mm. and the, the granddaughter ain't there she's at a, a dance that which disco is thing of, yeah. yeah the disco thing talk about no the one thing i would like to talk about is that she has a friend that she's walking back with that obviously fancies her and he's a bit of a, a bit of a nerd isn't he and he walks her he's walking her home and he take they take a shortcut through that somebody's garden it looks like she kind of leaves him because he tries to kiss her and uh, it's great because uh, this this scene i really liked because like they've got a, one of those lights motion sensor lights that comes on yeah. and then michael's like in the background you just see his mask right in the background then it flicks off and then he's closer and then and then the bloke thinks like it's someone in dress and he's like oh nice costume mister and obviously he tries to run away from him 
um and the, at this point the girl has got the granddaughter is, is gone um and basically gets impaled on the gate which i thought looked really really cool because you don't actually see it happening um but when she comes back because she hears him screaming he's there impaled on this gate and on the other side is michael which i thought was quite cool i like that bit i thought it looked really cool the effects would look really good as well yeah I agree. I that like that. Cool. I like that bit. And, she, and that's where she sees him for the first time. And she's like, "Oh my god!" And she's like, screaming, running off again, banging on doors, like just like Laurie in the first one. Yeah, and she's. This is but definitely somebody like, actually answers their door. Yeah, thank no, god. That's good. <laughs> this is like, obviously, they're trying to pass the mantle on mm. a little bit, and mm. that's and she's she's good. I liked. I liked her. I thought she's all about her traveling to the to the main house they're sort of she's getting, get a lift, she's getting house, a lift yeah. by the copper Hawkins, and um yeah. the doctor who was looking after that's it the doctor and they spot michael don't they dr sartain dr sartain that may be dr satan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they they spot michael out and he um he the, the copper decides to drive straight into him that's it yeah he's like not having any of it is he, he just thinks well i'm gonna i'm not even gonna get out i'm just gonna mow him down yeah and uh this all happens and then we get like a nice little twist, mm. which we won't we won't get won't spoil the twist. Well, I'm I'm gonna have to I might have to spoil it, mate. All right, do it, mate. Do it because I I don't have to spoil the twist. Okay, then I'll try not to. But like the doctor part, I I wasn't too keen on. I didn't like I really like ne- him that. Yeah, much. this next scene, we don't. I don't really give a crap about the doctor it, either. It, it seemed like that they needed. Um, a Loomis character and he was like a step in he wasn't as good as Loomis no and and I can get that obviously he's been studying Michael for a long time and he was obsessed with him and stuff like that but yeah I wasn't I, I wasn't too impressed with that little bit I just I just didn't think it had much to it and added much to the film for me yeah all right sod it so this this little scene um the doctor kills off the kills off our our hero cop Hawkins. Yeah. And uh that probably annoyed me as well because yeah, I quite like that. He took the mask off um Michael and he sort of wear wore it mm. and sticks Michael in the back with a um granddaughter and then he dri- and he's driving to uh Laurie's house for them both. Yeah, because he wants but, them to meet, doesn't he? Yeah, and then the inevitable happens, you know. It all goes wrong in the car. Which is another good bit, I thought. Yeah. I like that bit. Because he's so the Michael instead of killing the daughter the granddaughter next to him starts kicking the bloody um, Doctor Sartain, the, Doctor Fruit, the, the guard before between them starts kicking it, and then they stop, and he gets out and he kills the uh, Doctor, stamps right on his head. You get the nice glorious moment. I must admit, movie. like I said to you, and I didn't. I said this cinema really because they were cleaning the cinema for ages, and we, before we went in, and I was like, this cinema smells of sick. Something smells. <laughs> I can get that sick smell. I reckon somebody was probably sick when they saw that part. Yeah, it was possibly pro- proper not. Proper, proper nasty was, They showed it all as well, didn't they? It was good. It was good really effects. good. You good like gore, you will love this bit. Yeah. Um, and you get a couple more deaths. That's not, we've had another two, another three that we talked about. <laughs> yeah. Then you get the um, two coppers who are watching the Which lorry you house. Don't actually see, do you? No, you see. The, but again, with these horror movies, sometimes you just see the end you don't result. Have to, yeah. Yeah, and, they, and you do see the Which end I'm result. I'm totally fine with. Yeah, and then then you get this um, uh, wonderful scene in. Laurie's house. That's what is we've been going through this journey for. Is the is what's going to gonna happen when the showdown Michael comes up against um, Laurie, and mm. that, and we aren't disappointed. I wasn't disappointed. No, no, How I wasn't you, disappointed. You can no, talk no, no. about this a little bit. No, so I mean, first of all, 
you get the granddaughter's dad is with Laurie. We didn't really talk about him much, but he is obviously married to Laurie Strode's daughter. And he comes out. He's, he's a bit... He's not, not like a wuss, but he's kind of very like... He his wife obviously wears the the trousers in the relationship. Yeah, he dies. That's what's yeah. important. You don't even need to worry about him. Man. He, he dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, but the, the, he could have been a little bit more to the film. You know, uh, I was chatting to someone at work about it, and he was like, he could have had uh, been in the been made a bit more instrumental in the film, um, which maybe I'll touch on later. And anyway, so we get to the showdown. You know, Michael gets to the house. Um, Laurie can see him coming up to the window and then he smashes through the window, doesn't he? And grabs her. Oh, yeah, nearly nearly kills her. Because yeah, he, literally. Before that, he's, he's, they've hidden the daughter in the um, panic room. Oh, is the daughter... No, the daughter's not... Karen's in the panic room. Is she room at this back point. by then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's ca- not the granddaughter, the daughter. Oh, yeah, Judy yeah, yeah, I knew that, she, yeah. She's in the panic room while so this is all yeah, going Yeah, so there's on. this massive panic room um, underneath the kitchen kind of worktop, isn't it? It's electronic... Worked I really on. like that. Yeah, that was I cool. I really like the I way like that moved and it scratched the sound the floor. as well. Yeah, it yeah it's really, really cool. And so then he, he reaches through and tries to grab her through the window. Then he like smashes through and like literally choking her. And she's got a shotgun, isn't she? She shoots his fingers off. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Forgot about that bit. That was let's quality. go. I like that. Couple of fingers. Didn't care though, did he? He's just like walks around with no fingers. Yeah. With the blood dripping out. Didn't didn't give a damn, did he? And the house ain't that big, but it takes. I mean, this scene is hilarious. It's that. It's that. It's that real sort of tension. Mm. I mean, this scene, her hunting for Michael, um, must have taken about fifteen twenty so minutes. We all know that Michael loves a little bit of cat and mouse, <laughs> so he, off he goes and then the one that runs off and he's just disappeared. So now she is kind of hunting him because she's got her gun out. She's searching through the rooms. Now I was like. Each of these rooms have got gates on them, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you just go around banging all the buttons, just shutting every single room? Yeah. But she, I know it's a film. <laughs> but literally, she's just like doing one at a time. It's not in there. Shut that one. Did you notice that every other ro- every room is empty apart from the room that he's eventually in? Oh, yeah. I liked it though because yeah. the mannequins are all in there. There's a lot of mannequins. We know, and we know why there's there's a there's a purpose for the mannequins because she's like using them as like. Uh, shooting range yeah on a shooting like, yeah. range so they're like um, target practice but there's a nice little nod to the uh, and this we get another little nod with, yeah. the, with the closet and yeah, stuff like that that's and he's not in the closet he's sort of with somehow he's hiding in amongst the mannequins i don't know how he was hiding there it must be in the background or something i don't know but yeah we get a nice little you know but that that bit i felt really it really did kind of make me feel like anxious because it's like it it was quite a long scene, wasn't it? It's and building attention. Yeah, yeah, and there's a bit of a jump scare in there as well, which was cool. And then we get a little bit of a, you know, I think, uh, who, does he chuck her out? She falls out the window this time. That's right, yeah. She yeah. gets chucked out the window onto the front lawn. And then you this time she when he looks back, <laughs> yeah. she's not there. Uh-huh. It's, they do a nice little, little like, switcheroo. switcheroo. And he sort of starts, to, there. the granddaughter's in. She's yeah, down in she's the panic room at this in the point. Panic room as well, yeah. And then Michael's literally just trying to get in the panic room now. Yeah, he's, he's... going crazy. I like this yeah. scene as well because he's like, obviously he's got a lot of strength. Yeah, um, that's the whole point of it. And yeah, and he's just like going mental on this cat worktop. And must admit, like, A, he gets in the house pretty easy. So she didn't do a really good job of the old uh, <laughs> lock system. And then, then, then he's like literally just like going mental on this work surface, like 
literally ripping it, any like yeah, ripping it off. This is where we get to see a bit of what the training was all about with the yeah. daughter. And this yeah. is where, because the first we're kind of like, okay, she kind of forgotten it all because we're not really sure if she has forgotten it. Yeah. But she hasn't. And um, she's, you know, you get that inevitable moment where he's, uh, they had a little bit of a, they have a little bit of a tussle. Eventually he gets pushed into the panic room and they have to run back up. And she, he's got the, he's got the leg. And yeah, the like, old is, leg is grab. Is he going to pull her down? Is he going to pull her in or not? And then you get the reason why they've done it. It's not, the house isn't a place to hide from him. It's a trap. Yeah, the best bit I liked is when she's kind of like got the gun, her daughter, um, Laurie's daughter's got the gun and she's down in the cellar and he's at the top and he won't come to the front. And then she's like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I can't. I'm too scared. And then literally he like thinks now's my opportunity to get her. And she psychs him. She's like, ha, and just like, bang. <laughs> I love that bit. I thought that was yeah. so clever because it's like, it's not really a twist. It's more just like a little kind of like, oh, that's cool. I like that bit. It's like she, she totally fucked him over. Yeah, she's done him. Completely. But you're right. Yeah, so she they get out and he's now trapped down, down there. These awesome teeth come across think, the... Yeah, and um, you think, oh, here he comes. He's going to get him now. He's coming back up and bang, the gate comes across and... That's yeah, it. And, then he set, and then he set fire to the old house. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, you don't ever see him. Mm. You you get that beautiful moment. The whole house is on fire. But yeah. is he in the fire? Is mm. he there? Is he not? So we, you know, we've got we've got some more movies coming. I think. I loved, I loved, I loved the end bit as well because they all obviously finally get out. Um, and this is obviously a nod to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where they get on the back of the pickup truck. And they're getting taken off. That's a massive nod to Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre, which is happening in loads of different films. Um, but that was quite cool. Um, but yeah, um, what did so overall? What? How did you feel? I really liked it. I mean, talking with you now, we haven't talked about it yet, and yeah. and and speaking about it, it's it was a great movie to watch. I really enjoyed it. Mm. It was um, nice to watch the original, and it was not, and it was a good, it was a good slasher movie. Mm. It was a good, it was a good movie. Mm. Forget that it's a horror. I think it's um, it fits well with what's going on now in horror. And yeah. It's just the perfect time for it. Yeah, I agree totally. Totally agree with that. Um, I like there are a few. I know you said there's a few. There's a few ropey moments in it, but it's a uh, no, not ropey moments. There's there's things that there's only a few things I've got a problem with, which I don't understand. Uh, originally, I've been I've seen that originally when they started out obviously it's a two and a half hour movie which they were never going to have i get that and it got edited down now the reason to this i think and this is no this is not me getting down on it and this is not me having a go at it or having a pop the things that you touched on earlier about the boyfriend i think that there was there was probably a scene where he gets off because he was a bit of a wanker yeah and you wanted to see him get off but i think they were like we have to trim it down they have to get rid of bits and i understand that and i'm not bothered about that the only other thing I had a problem with was there's a sheriff called I can't remember his name sheriff. Uh, the one with the cowboy hat. Yes, the one with the cowboy hat. Um, he was made out quite a big part, and they made a big deal with him and talking about it and stuff, and then he just disappears and you never see him again. And it's just hang on, wasn't he on this case? Wasn't he doing this case with you? And then he just disappears. He's totally gone. And I think that's another that was possibly another kill yeah, and another scene but they had to take it out to trim it down. And now I get that. But what I would like to see, and I'd be interested in, whether there will be a director's cut, 
which will be a bit longer with a couple of extra scenes in it would that make a lot of difference the way i feel about it it wouldn't make a difference to me because i loved it i thought it was brilliant and i really liked it and you can fan service me all day because i don't care i'm a sucker for that shit and i like the nods and i like the the theme tune and i liked i love michael myers i think is you know the whole halloween thing is brilliant you know and yeah the mask again this time around it, yeah it, it, it changed it, it again it aged yeah, with yeah. him it would look really good um there's so many good things about this movie and it's easy to pick it apart and there's a lot of critics that probably have a go at it and stuff like that and i know it's not just about money but you know it's smashing it over a hundred million dollars at the box office so it? wow. yeah, over a hundred okay. million at the moment and what i think they made it for 10 mil wicked so the original was like really low budget massively low and budget. it didn't really yeah. get any legs it had a cult following later on didn't mm. it um it did pretty well it did do pretty well yeah you know you're right it was totally like from like nothing like these were people that were friends and they got together and they made it on a shoestring completely but this you know i think it's not done anything to the franchise at all i don't think it's harmed it i think it's it's a good homage and people people who've done this film have nurtured it and held it with kid gloves and treated it really well and i think it's totally a respectable film to the genre um well you had danny mcbride on board as um he's a massive fan and, and uh it would he, i would I think be, that's maybe some of the humor that's what i was just about to say i wonder how much he had if whether he had a little bit of uh say so in that little kid's script right <laughs> it's gotta be that's surely. him that's yeah. him down to a t it's gotta be in it gotta be but yeah, overall, I, I really loved it. Should we rate it? Yeah, um, I'm going to give it an, a very strong 8 out of 10. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I wrote it down here, 8 out of 10. So yeah, I thought it was, it was all over good, a good movie. Good music. And yeah, one of the it will be up there at the end of the year, I think, when we're talking about like our favourite ones from the year. Definitely. definitely. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Excellent stuff. Halloween 2018 done. <laughs> what we got next then, Matthew? We have got our something to scream about, and old Joy Paul uh, pulled out the pot for us from last time, and we've got our favourite paranormal movies. These movies do a lot of research. scare the shit out of me. Yeah. I can't do a lot of research. I'd be spending the whole week freaked out. <laughs> I'm an absolute wuss with these sorts of movies. It is scary stuff. <laughs> you know me. I'm in the cinema with a bloody pillow on my in my face. If oh, I we'll, could talk do about, it. we'll talk about that. Don't you worry. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm going to go first. Yeah, go for I'm it. And nominate myself to go Rude, first. But go on. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks, uh, Geordie Paul, for picking this out. And I'm, my first pick is going to be. The 1982 film Entity. Do you know what? That's a good pick. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen it? No. <laughs> oh, it could be my pick this week. Right, so this movie is all kinds of fucked up. It's got Barbara Hershey in as uh, Carla. And um, she is being stalked by this unknown figure throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And we, it, it, they call it the Entity because it's like a dark demon or ghost yeah. they don't know really know what they're dealing but it's it is awful um this, this film is just nuts there there have been there's nothing else i mean I've, that i can think of that's like this movie 
Carla in this movie gets um, raped by the entity several times throughout the movie this is based on a true story as well oh right okay we're we're sort of she's got a family she's got three kids she's alone in the bedroom for the first time and you get that whole beautiful when uh you get in the conjuring you get it in other paranormal movies the smell the coldness you get all of that sort of come across when the when the being is sort of close okay and this is a really powerful being. And you go through it in the movie that there's possibly... Um, I won't spoil it too... Uh, yeah, I'm going to spoil it. Oh, that's um, a shame because I want to see it. <laughs> I mean, there are four or five counts in this movie of her being raped by this entity. Okay. And at one point where she it actually happens in front of the kids, Oh. it's really dark. That is it, dark. It, there's one point where it happens in front of the her boyfriend at the time okay and he can't do anything no one can do anything to help her this thing is latched onto her yeah incredible story that i just don't think should ever be retold i think it should just be done once i think if anyone ever retells the story they got a problem hmm. um because do you think it would be made nowadays though or do you I think do. it's too controversial i i don't think so i don't hmm. think there's any, there's nothing new that i can think of that's done this sort of thing okay um they didn't cross that bridge in the paranormal activity they didn't go there i do want to see this yeah it I does think, sound good i think you well, not good not, not, yeah, horrible, not in like a good way but i've not seen i've not seen it i've heard lots of people talk about it but you've not seen anything like this movie okay cool. um i i really do think that and it's got some i mean i won't spoil everything for okay. you but it's just it's just the way they do the music in it mm. as well. It's, it really sort of gets in your mm. fucking soul, man. Okay. Um. Yeah, and I I knew that I had to discuss this movie. Sure. Because it's it's I don't know if I might wouldn't say it's my favorite. It's just I think it's important from a from a paranormal perspective. Well, how it made you feel is yeah. like a, a big thing as well. Do you know what I mean? If it unnerved you and had you captivated all the way through it. And, and Barbara it, Hershey as well. And it they did that to her. Like, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> all i wrote for this is um it's such a sick scary concept i'm gonna i'm gonna see that and have a and check that one out okay sure. so i'm not i'm not gonna discuss it anymore okay but yeah if you haven't watched this movie go and check out and, Maybe and find out it, what yeah. i've actually seen because you know it's from 98 to i wouldn't say that i re-watched rewatched it on the lead up but I can, it's just stuck with me so you can remember all the bits yeah, yeah. Well, how old were you when you watched it uh, it must have been about 20 20 odd 22 it's a, oh, a while okay. <laughs> a while <laughs> but it's, it has stuck with me for, for those years but that's my first pick the, the okay. entity um, go on then what you got cool my first pick is gonna be Paranormal Activity from 2007. <laughs> it had to be done, mate. I bloody knew you were going to pick this. I, I, I had to, mate, because basically this, this film, when we went to watch this, we went and watched this, I don't know if it's opening weekend or whatever, but we went and watched it, and this film made me feel, for the first time, in a very, I'm, I'm talking since I was a kid, feel very unnerving and scared, <laughs> actually really scared me. And now I watch things like Blair Witch before, and I wasn't. I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm not a massive fan of Blair Witch, and it didn't really do it for me. But this is uh, just massively did it. It hit hit all 
things like right to scare the hell out of me and you were scared as well because i knew you were because you were hiding behind literally me <laughs> well, well we both were really really you, scared you right i okay so i'm not good with these sort of paranormal movies i'm generally they freak me out they was the only thing so i like a good gore fest any day um but this but like for some reason paranormal activities i draw You've got to draw yourself into the movie. This is the thing. If you've not got, if you haven't got an imagination and you can't engross yourself into it, it's not for you. I think if people that go, oh, it's it's rubbish, they're people that don't haven't paid attention to it and haven't totally let themselves go and got engrossed with the movie. To me, but this movie for me, it uh, just—I mean, for Christ's sake, it was—it was shot for fifteen grand. Yeah, we went and watched this at the cinema and it just it was just so unnerving. Everything about it just scared the crap out of me because it was so low budget. It, you needed to be engrossed in this movie, but at the same time, it was just so scary because it goes to the night and you know something's going to happen and it scares the crap out of you. And then when it comes to the day moment, you think, oh, everything's fine, everything's cool. And then it goes back to the night again. And you're like, oh my God, here we go again. It just like, and it does that several times throughout the movie. Um, I'm not going to go into spoiler because I think so many people have seen it anyway. Um, but it just hit every nail on the head for me. And it was just so scary. And I remember afterwards I went home and I was I was like still thinking about it and I just couldn't get to sleep. And I, I was on my own in the house and literally the door I was in bed and the door just creaked open so slowly and I've never shit myself as much as I did that moment and then my cat jumped on the bed and I was like thank god I was like oh my god I was so so scared yeah and it's spread a good it's got a good franchise now I mean you know they could say that it's I liked been, all the rest of the movies to, death, to be honest they they add every time they added a new movie they added a new element of um kind of uh, this look this cut away and then something fucking nuts happens uh, yeah, i love yeah. that like and especially all in different the, the second, well. the second different. one with the oscillating fan yeah that's uh, really the cool. camera on the oscillating fan that was brilliant and the, the kitchen bit yeah because it's in the day that bit i know man. it's like what that, i hear my pants when that happened it's so loud the sound on this these movies as well that's the other thing that gets you because the sound quality on these are just it's like crazy it just has everything the sound the visuals everything because they have to they have to get you with those things and get you totally engrossed. But yeah, that's my that's my first pick. What's your second pick? Fucking great pick. Right, so I'm going... This is one of my favourite horrors um, of all time, and especially in the last, like, ten years. It's, yeah. It's, it's really up there. Is it there. The Shining? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not The Shining. <laughs> it's The Conjuring. Uh, amazing film. I mean, we love, this, we love The Conjuring, like, universe at the moment, but, I mean, it, it hopefully... You guys have all seen it, but as a little bit of a refresh, and you've got um, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga as the Warrens, of course. Um, Ron Livingston and Lily Taylor as the uh, Perrins, and this is worth noting: the the Warrens are a a real couple and a real set of par- um, paranormal investigators, um, and a lot of the stories that are being told are based on the books that they've read, uh, they've written, um, and this story. It's just ace. You get the whole thing um, that's happened in the last um, five years since this movie has sort of spawned from here. So you've got Annabelle introduced at the start of this movie. Mm. You've got Valak 
introduced um, towards the beginning of this movie. So you've already got two spin-offs um, um, straight away that they've introduced um, just from like the first like, 15, 20 minutes yeah, of the but, movie. But the thing is, we didn't even know that when we were watching this, though, did oh, we? Oh, no. We but did, it's just not like we thought, yeah, they're going to make movies off that. That's the clever <laughs> thing that they've done. Well, maybe afterwards we thought Annabelle could do it because that Annabelle doll was freaky. Yeah. Freaky. And they made mm. such a noise about it. Like, don't get this Annabelle yeah. doll out. True. Right. And so I watched this with a different new lens on now. This is probably the first time I've watched this movie mm. since watching maybe the second Annabelle or since okay. watching The Nun and stuff. Like, and uh, maybe in Conjuring 2. So this is a long time sure. since I've watched this. Um, so a new lens was on there. So you got to like see all the, the developments and look at the contrast between this movie and everything else now this the paranormal element in this is um, um surrounded by a witch who kills a kills a baby mm. um, and then hangs herself and right, curses yeah. the land now she to me um is the most i think after watching this is the most powerful element in the conjuring universe now watching that what she does and how she controls the um the house and the um, torments the family hmm. and how she um, manifests in the possession of the the mum yeah and plus the locket that she nicks the locket off yeah. the, off the off the Warren Warren lady she sort of like uses that connection between the locket and the daughter's locket to sort of transform transfer herself to their house hmm. right is power enough to get Annabelle out of the locked cupboard and hmm. put it back hmm. right but that means she's more, in my head, she's more powerful than the demon that is possessed um, Annabelle. Mm. And you remember seeing that thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, because she, I, and the power and the way she's changing the weather. And the, I know this is me silly just getting involved in this, but I think she's more powerful than anything they've done in the country universe. She's a, a really powerful entity yeah, yeah. Um, in, in this. And I think it's what it's, when you look at the exorcism at the end. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Oh, maybe we should do this as a, a look yeah. Maybe we shouldn't just, go into uh, it too much. Yeah, I will do this as like proper in depth because picking apart this, you could really pick apart this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's it's freaking incredible and it's, yeah, it's so clever. creepy. It's very clever. And, and and I just remember watching it and just loving it. I mean, it freaked me out when I watched it. Yeah. But I was engaged. I couldn't look away. I couldn't hide myself in a bloody um, my hoodie this time. <laughs> I had to watch it. It was just scary and freaky, and it spawned a great. Um, cinematic universe That's exactly now, what i was going to say i mean it, it totally brought horror back to the limelight again and, and i and i think it is, is, is a, a massive massive thing for the community to have that back because it was just like this kicked it off and i think that was one of the things that brought it all back um which is the kickstarter for a lot of other horror movies that came out after which was really good yeah so yeah that's my second pick i just um yeah what we put on here uh possession is insane the powerful nature of the witch, uh, witch the hair pulling bit. Oh. <laughs> it is creepy Christ. all the way through. So what you got as your second pick then, dude? So my second and last pick is, I've gone old school, um, and I've, I've gone a bit predictable, but it has to be The Exorcist. <laughs> it has to be. Great. Because like, it's yeah. just like, that film just freaked me out big time. Now I was probably too young yeah. to watch it, like everybody. You're too young to watch it, and you watch it. And it's just, it was, I've never seen, I'd never seen, I never even knew what exorcism meant when I watched this film. I was like, what the hell is that? I don't understand. And and the way it just starts and it's just, it it goes into it. The music again is a massive element. 
Um, but it it's just it's so freaky. What everything that happens is just so horrible, and and it's happening to a little girl in it as well. Do you know what I mean? And and it, the scenes you see are just horrific. And and there's one scene like that I really freaked me out because when I went to watch it. I went twice to watch it when they re-released it at the cinema. So, they obviously had the, se- the the crab scene down the stairs. Oh my god, that freaked me out so much. Which and wasn't in the original cut. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was a, that this is the thing. But it's just everything about it, the way that it just manifests in her, and 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 all the things, and also all the stuff behind the movie and stuff, all the the, the bad things that happened, and the stuff that they put um, Linda Blair through when she was in it. Um, she still claims that she has problems now because they put her in all these kind of shackles and things that they're pulling her around in to make the bed go up and stuff like that. She's had she's still claiming that she's she has problems from those days from having that stuff happen to her now. But it's just a it's just a freaky film and it's just like everything about it. Most people you talk to, a lot of people will say that's one of the films that scared them the most. And when it came out, it was way before its time way 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 before it's time you know oh, it was um it was picked apart by like re- religious yeah. groups as one of the band, like, band you know? and stuff like that so yeah everyone's got to remember the first time they watched this movie and i think it's one it's one it's a staple of when you're growing up to kind of get some one-liners this. in this as well and uh, you know it, again it shot people like the crucifix Your mother and, sucks cucks in hell. yeah and and the crucifix bit is like what the hell Oh, what is she what is that really what she, what you know what i mean and it's and also the the parents element from see her parents seeing her like that is you get that side of the story as well as they can't they are un they're completely helpless they can't do anything about it and they have to go through this and it follows them as well and then you've got this other side of the story that follows the priest you know with everything about is he a true believer is he is he really is faith there and and stuff like that and and some of the shots in it and there's one particular thing that all will always stick with me is the bit where it's kind of flashing and you see a really quick second thing of the demon's face the black white ah yeah. oh, that bit is just freaky and you if you blink you'll miss it and it's just like that that bit is freaky as fuck yeah, I mean, yeah. we're gonna we uh, there'll be definitely at some point of where we um, do this as, our, as one of our main our movies from the absolutely vault. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's me. That's, that's what I'm not going to dive into. You had to talk about if you're I talking mean, about paranormal activities, you're talking about um, Exodus. Definitely. I mean, yeah, this subject was hard because I had a couple of obviously we've done Poltergeist that would have been up there, but I didn't want to you know re retread that ground. House of the Devil is another one I, I I've touched on. Evil Dead, obviously, and Annabelle. I thought about all those. They're all like really top favorites of mine. Yeah, that seems I that I, I mean I would could have put the Omen in there. Yeah, Omen. Yeah definitely good yep yeah, good shout but let's have a look what our Shining. we obviously put this question up on our social media yeah, we put it out on twitter and instagram and facebook so i'll have a read of a few ones that we've got through thank you for everyone that uh that participated halloween halloween the podcast um said exodus free that's worth a, a shout lot of people like that movie yeah a lot. I, not exodus 2 but exodus 3 is always like talked about mm. i've got the i've got i think there's five well, i don't know I've got a box set at home that I need to tear through, so I'll um I'll I'll, cool. I'll watch that now. Now that someone's had a mentioned it, I'll watch it. Jaws nineteen has said, uh, Poltergeist, yeah, classic, definitely. I'm going to mention you, um, the Zombie Farmer, our competition winner. 
Um, he says, I'm a bit, I'm big baby. I don't like scary movies, scary films. So thanks for that. <laughs> um, I did see that. <laughs> so um, Dollface at Dollface9599 said Insidious. We, we, we like this. We like yeah. Insidious. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Fairy Faye at Fairy Feisty Faye said The Orphanage. I mean, Good shout. Yeah, that's a great shout. Fantastic shout. Spanish? Yeah. Is it Spanish? Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, that bit with the pram. Mm. Oh. Nasty. Yeah, good shout. So our friends on Twitter, um, Leo from uh, the Boo Crew podcast, he said The Conjuring, which he talks about, The Exorcist, which he talks about, Exorcist Suspiria. He's got a few. We'll let him have all of them. Why not? Suspiria, the 1977 one. Well, he got the new one coming out now, mm-hmm. so we'll see what that's like. Suspiria is just crazy. And uh, Session 9. Mm, I haven't seen that. I really want to check it out. Um, yeah, I that's got... why it's really hard to pick because everybody has so many favourites. Yeah, I know. And Kate underscore dead dead head hair says Suspiria. Don't look now. Don't look now with Don, Donald Sutherland. That film is dark. Have you seen it? No, I need you to watch need that. You need to watch that. It's yeah, that's dark. She said Good also movie. The Omen and Carrie. She didn't talk about Carrie. Great, great shout. Great pick. What we got on Facebook, Callum Scott said Country in One and Two and the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> it's, Good right. shout. Geordie Paul, I've got a word of him. I don't this, this, It's Beetlejuice. Does that count? I think, Absolutely. Really? He's, he's a ghost. You can have that for Geordie Paul. <laughs> I don't agree with it. I put that under some I'm, I'm going to veto that, so it's, it's right. fine by me. I'll have a word of him later. Katie Stewart is showing off. Um, <laughs> I'll have a word of her. Because she said um, L or Fenato or the orphanage so she's given because she's yeah, spanish she, she's clever yeah she, she's, she's she's more up to date with us yeah she's, than us. she's, she's got a bit of culture behind so it she, she's given us a spanish name as well <laughs> as the name thank you for making me look like an idiot <laughs> and then katie cartner i said uh paranormal activity yeah she was angry that um geordie paul got in there first because beetlejuice is one of her favorites as well and um, we did have a late one come in Ooh. um from mr simon doust and uh, he said, uh, The Omen. That's a good shout, though. The yeah, Omen. I mean, so. we both said it before. That's a great shout. So, yeah, thank you for all of those. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. I, I really love it. And people getting involved and keep on doing it. Yeah, get involved with everything, guys. Sure. We'll give you, obviously, the details later on Later on, in the show. Okay. Right. That was my turn to pick out the bucket then, mate. And what so, have we got? What have we got? What have we got? Our worst horror movie. Oh. Right. So I know what, what are we doing? Are we doing our like least favourite or just the shittest one we've ever seen? I think let's do, let's do our shittest... least favourite and shittest one. The shittest one we've ever seen. Yeah, so you pick your worst your the I think the the two go hand in hand though. Don't yeah, alright, just what we're we gonna do, one each? Yeah, yeah two okay, each. just just one. one? No, let's pick one. Because sure? this is the bottom of the barrel. Okay. The one one movie, the bottom of the barrel. I could easily come up with two. <laughs> I could Easily come out of two. Let's do two. Population four seven six. <laughs> you just let the cat out of the bag. Fred Fred Durst movie. I won't oh. pick that now. But well, Christ, I could find worse than that. I think. Okay, cool. Worst horror movie. Let's move on to our uh, move from the vault. So this week's move from the vault is none other than well, it's your pick. Yeah, it was Clive Barker's Nightbreeds. I'll give you a little synopsis on it. Just a little one. Uh, so, it's about a community of mutant outcasts bearing in all types of abilities, attempts to escape the intention of a psychotic serial killer and a, a redneck vigilante. You've actually made that sound 
not bad. Yeah, let's 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 get into it. So well, the first thing I'd like to bring up, go for it before we um, carry on, is uh, this this film is from 1990, sure, which I've got no problem with. So it's just our first movie outside of the 80s that oh, we've done that upset the you. Upset little bit. You. A little bit. You've set a precedent now. See, I, d- I don't know about that because don't, don't. it's not... Okay, yeah, I'm not disagreeing that it's a 90s movie. It it came out in the 90s. But anybody out there will agree with me. 1990 was well still in the 80s, believe me. The fashion was still 80s. And it didn't just change overnight from 89 to 90 and everybody was now in the 90s. That's it did And plus, may I add, this film was probably made about a year but before that, so it's probably still physically made in the eighties. But we'll agree to disagree on that one. Sure. <laughs> so, I saw this movie when I was very, very young. It's an interesting movie, and there's a there's some really good things about this movie, and there's some not so good things about this movie to me. But I'm, I want to hear from you because you've never I've still, I've seen this several times. So let's let's hear from you. Where, where do you want to start? So let's just go run it down, shall we? So this is a Clive Barker movie. Yeah. So he wrote it, the book, um, the original book was called Cabal. Yeah. Done your research, I like it. Yeah. So he directed this as well, and he got the love. The he was very lucky. He got um David Cronenberg. And this is the David Cronenberg. Yep. To play Decker mm-hmm. in it, did all right. Good representation. Danny Elfman did the music. Yep, that's correct. Got a couple of Cenobites in there. As well, True. from Hellraiser. So Clive Barker did um, Hellraiser as well. So yeah. it felt like I was watching like another Hellraiser movie. Right. So it looks like it spawned a lot of movie. It reminded me of a little a one that I watched when I was a bit younger called Little Monsters. Do you remember that? Yeah. It's so like it, um, Fred Savage or something like that. It's going more of a under kids the bed. Movie, yeah, this, yeah. Yeah. This is like a grown up Little Monsters. Okay. So you had a go at me when I when I said this one about the Lost Boys being a grown up. I'm movie, not going to have a go at you about that, mate. So you're happy it's all that. good. But. It sort of spawned, I, it reminded me of, um, or it looks like it's influenced like the likes of like Tim Burton, or they've gone back and forth, some of the stuff that he's done, the okay. puppetry and like the, the mask and stuff. Gamel Del Toro has definitely watched this and added, you know, if you look at Pan's Labyrinth, Don't Be Afraid in the Dark, they're sort of like definitely that sort of level of underground monsters mm. in it. It's got a lot of disturbing imagery mm. in it. I didn't care for it. Okay. I think that's what I can say. I didn't really care for it. If Maybe if I watched it as a kid and I watch it now, maybe it would still be shit. So I, I didn't really like it. That's harsh. I it? didn't really like it. I, that's I fair the, enough. I thought the music I, was good. You're totally, you're Danny totally Elf, down Danny to your... Score you haven't brilliant. really touched on anything so far, really. But well, now, I haven't got massive love for this movie. Like I said, when I watched it when I was a kid, I was obviously too young to watch it. The opening scene where the flashback to the kid and his parents get murdered, that that really, really did scare the shit out of me. The fact that this person that just come into someone's home when he's upstairs in his bed and murders his parents and that bit where he looks up the stairs, the masked killer, All right. freaky as hell, man. And that freaked me out. Okay, I'd like to wear the gu- the mask, but <laughs> like with the button them. eyes as a as a Halloween costume. I'm I thought, surprised that no one picked up on that. It's a really good mask. Yeah, I don't understand where that's been, mm. and that's probably because no one has probably seen. I've never heard about this movie. Before, oh really? Before you picked it up, but yeah, some of the like monsters in it, and like the what the creation, what Clive Barker's good at doing. Oh, there we cre- go. You just said good at doing. That's something good. 
is uh is doing this like really like twisted dark imagery and it reminded me of like hellraiser and it's kind of he did that yeah hellraiser. exactly but it's just i don't know if i like this it's fantasy horror yeah it's right and i like pan's labyrinth pan labyrinth is one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. but I, I don't know for me there was just like it was slow and and like it was it was hard i found it a hard watch i didn't like any of the the acting oh really in it. okay i didn't like any of the characters i couldn't give a monkeys who died okay i'd had no it didn't draw me and it didn't like the main cabal uh mm. or what is named boone bonnie boone 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 right? Paid a lot of tension boone doc saints so boone boonie um i didn't if he died couldn't really give a shit yeah i wanted decker to die because he was an arsehole okay okay um so you've got attached to him a little bit yeah you wanted like, him to die, the whole underground so ground element of it yeah um I don't, I, it's just some like really cheesy nightmare mm. it's a real like it, he's, he's obviously clive barker's had some sick sick dreams cool okay i think you've said enough <laughs> i'm not going to protect it at all this is no way one of my favorite movies and i don't think it's amazingly brilliant like i said before i watched it when i was young and it is literally it starts with this guy who's 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 being kind of like told that he's having kind of he's having trouble and he's seeing a psychiatrist and he's telling him that he remembers all this stuff about a killer and stuff and what this psychiatrist does is kind of makes him believe that he is an actual killer that he's doing all these kills when it's actually the psychiatrist so there's a bit of a twist in it yeah he manipulates him yeah he manipulates him yeah and Within this, there's this story that he keeps finding out about this kind of place. Fancy town called Medi... Midian. Midian. Yeah. And it's a completely dreamt up place, right, by Clive Barker. Clive Barker, you've hit the nail on the head. He is very well into dreams, nightmarish stuff, demons and ghouls and all that kind of really dark stuff. Dark, twisted, kind of Satanist all that kind of stuff. That's what he's into. That it is quite dark. All the stuff he does. I mean, look at Ari's. Look at that. He's done games about it and stuff like that. That is his world. That's what he writes about. That's what he wants to do. When he set out to this movie, it was a lot different to what it finished on, which I'll go on later. But anyway, so he, it is a bit weird because this place is like in the middle of nowhere, and along the way he meets this other guy that that also knows about Midian. Oh, right, he was comes right. to his, I liked uh, him. That that I thought he was really good. When he rips his face off. That's correct. And there you go. So there's another positive. I think you're now starting to see some positives out of this film. But literally he he rips his face off and again when I saw that when I was young, it's pretty brutal and that scene is pretty gross. And again, like it's still early for effects and stuff. That ninety ninety is very early. And that was a good scene. And he just walks around with his face off for the pretty much the rest of the film, which is really, really cool. But yeah, so it follows him to, to... He eventually goes to Midian and finds all these other people like that are, uh, that are there in this mythical kind of place. And, and they're all like really weird demon-type characters. And it goes from there. And then, his, you know, I'm not going to go through the whole storyline. And then his... Boone's girlfriend wants to go and find him because she's worried 
and she doesn't understand where he's gone and, and there's this other storyline where the cop is trying to trying to I wanted investigate. Her to, I wanted her to die. Okay. Disappointed that she didn't. And then and then it kind of just ends up being where, you know, this is the killer psychiatrist, which is played by David Cronenberg, has to wants to go and find him and make sure he's basically dead. Um, and he wants all these Midian people dead as well, really, that he's, that he's found out about. I couldn't work out why. Mm. I couldn't work There's, out. Was he Was he part of... Was he like a, a, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I don't think... I think he, no, I just think he was... He's basically a serial killer. He's a fucking psychopath. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and this is the thing. It's just like... His bits was really cool. I really quite liked his bits. And... and um, yeah, it's just he gets a re- drop kicked at one stage, which is pretty yeah. funny. It's it's a really weird film. It is really really weird. And if you if you're not into that sort of stuff, you ain't gonna like it. And I'm not into that sort of stuff. But rewatching it, it ain't that great. And there are, but there I can appreciate some of the uh, effects that were done. I mean, some of the creatures that he dreams up, they're all out of his head. Every single one of those characters that you see in this film, especially when they go in the deep depths of this. Midian place some of the creatures are just weird and they don't even pan on them for that long it's really quick but all the effects are done by them and everything is so weird and, and wonderful and uh, unique unique yeah for sure and it is a bit weird because then like then these rednecks and these coppers find out about Midian and they just go right let's go and just kill them all kind of weird so the, the good guy the, the sorry the bad guy demon people become the good people because they are not touching anyone they're not hurting anybody and then from the outside these people go in and they just want to wipe them out for no reason at all and this is where boom becomes this um what's his name cabalt or whatever yeah cabal but i mean it's definitely like we are the bad like um we are the bad people in this the humans are bad yeah these people from million are kind of like just want to sort of crack on themselves but they are you know, they got their little powers and stuff. And they didn't really want any trouble. They just want no. to live in their little hole. I mean, if you think about it, this this kind of boon dude um, kind of comes and he basically ruins it all for he him. He fucks it up for him. Yeah, so he, he goes in there, he, he throws his weight about, he gives their known whereabouts out, his girlfriend is a meddling fool, uh, <laughs> and then he, he brings, basically brings the whole place down, but he apparently he's his prophecy and... He, it, this must happen for them to go on. This yeah. is the whole thing. Uh, There's a prophecy behind it, and all this stuff. It's, 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 it's a, it's very, it's a very strange film, and and it is a very niche market. I like the horror element of it. I like David Cronenberg's character. I thought he was really eerie and weird. I like the little twist about about him trying to pin the murders on him. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, it's not the best film ever. I thought there'd be some more stuff that you would have liked out of it but maybe it's just a bit too weird for you. And it's just like... Yeah. I mean, I like the mask. Like I said, I like the little the button mask. And um, I can see... Uh, you know, Hellraiser was one of my first horror movies that I watched, and it freaked me out then. But the imagery from that is still not my favourite. No. It's not, it's not my favourite, like, way of, like, style. But style, again, you watched that when you were young. Maybe if you watched this when you were young, you it might hold a bit of a different place in your right. heart. I think this has got to have a nostalgic Oh, yeah, to it, it doesn't didn't... It doesn't hold up that great, some of the stuff in it. I'll give you that. Like, the acting isn't the greatest. But it doesn't. it's not all just crap. And I, I, I beg to differ when you say it's shit. And, and that, 
that's your opinion, but it's, it's not all opinion. it's not all bad. And I think you need to look at some of the good things in it as well. You know, like I could have said that about kind of like um class in Newcomb High. But I absolutely loved it. You know, I, I let myself go and just got engrossed. Class in Newcomb High is a great movie. <laughs> I know it is, and I, I agree with, with a great storyline. But as yeah. we've discussed in depth. And then the ending's really weird. It felt like a bit kind of like, oh, is that the ending? And it's like, and it obviously wanted to lead to something else as well with the ending. Um, yeah, which you'd kind of like with Hellraiser's, obviously there's been, you know, Hellraiser's still going today. There was like, you know, there's, there's another sequel this year, which I haven't seen. But like, yeah, you could see Nightbreed, Nightbreed in space, I suppose. Hmm. I don't know. No, I don't. <laughs> well, there's talks. I'll, I'll go through with my Matt's facts and quick, quickly brush over those real quick because I know you want to don't want to dwell on this too long. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like I said, like the mask. Um, I like the music. Danny yeah, Danny Alfin's score was brilliant. Yeah. Um, so a bit of facts on it. Um, David Cronenberg's character was called Philip K. Decker, which you might remember from the book. Oh, I don't, well, th- there is a book called "Do Androids Dream of of uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?" Fucking <laughs> brilliant! That sounds amazing. Is um, Blade Runner? Blade Runner. Yeah. Is, yeah. I look at me. I don't know my Blade Runner facts. Um, the other thing is this this is where it's a bit all over the place is the the company took it with fox they cut the shit out of it they cut loads of scenes from it without clive barker like they just destroyed everything he made right that explains a lot there's a lot cut out and apparently this is i've not seen this one but there is a what they call the cabal cut and it's a director's cut and it was released, re-released finally after 24 years wait. It was released in October 2014. Um, so I I would be interested to see it because apparently they cut out a lot of um, gory scenes and a lot of scenes out of it and trimmed it right down to the to the finished thing. And, and apparently it's a totally different film to I, what it started. I have to say, this was not an easy movie to find. Mm. Like I, I had to buy my copy on eBay, and it was one of the only um, region-free copies. Yeah. Everyone else is Australian. So it's it's got a very, a I think it's a very small cult following, like yeah. Clive Barker fans that that like that sort of stuff. A couple of bits. Um, it's quite funny. The Doug Bradley's character in it. He's the old guy with the wispy beard, kind of the prophecy right. guy. Um, his voice in the film was dubbed by a German actor, <laughs> um, and that he wasn't very happy about. Uh, but when they did the recut, the cabal cut, apparently he came back in and re- redid the voice for him. Okay. So he, he got to do it again. Poor Doug. Which was quite funny. And apparently there's a whole scene in the film with the rock singer Susie Quattro in it that got cut completely out oh. of the film, which is really, really funny. I thought it just didn't make the cut at all. So I'd love to see what that was. You know the the, the little weedy guy with the dog? Yeah. They're kind of hiding everywhere. I was upset about the dog. And yeah. He, that guy originally was going to be played by uh, the singer Mark Almond, but apparently his his manager turned round to him and said that don't do it because this film is is not good in nature, so don't do it. Probably, I don't know. In your opinion, it's probably a good move. Mm. Um, apparently, there is a comic book out on Nightbreed as well. I've not read it, but I'd be interested to see. I'd like what to see. A, about. I'd like to see a comic book. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. That's what there is. There's a comic book. I'll have a look. Um, there's also a bit at the end where the crazy priest sticks his hand in the stomach of the, the murderer guy um, the play, that's played by David Cronenberg, sticks his hand in him and, and kind of twists it. That's apparently a tribute um, 
to Videodrome, Cronenberg's Videodrome. Oh, cool. Which is quite cool, I thought. And it's quite funny because apparently when Clive Barker met with the producers, they they expressed concern uh, saying about the monsters uh, look like the good guys. And Clive Barker just replied, well, that's the whole point of the film. (laughs) Which was like, you know, which was... That, that's what he's trying to get across. So they, they obviously, from the start, weren't on his wavelength about the wavelength about the film. Yeah, they really didn't like it, did they? No, nah, I mean, you know, again, it's like I didn't purchase this film. I don't have it in my collection. Um, I would like to see the cabal cut to see how different it is. It's, 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 it is what it is. And like I said, I've watched it when I was really young, and that starting scene, I always remembered it, and then I forgot about it. And then I don't know what I saw. I might have seen a picture of it. And I was like, what is that movie called? And I couldn't remember the name of the movie. And all I could remember was a premise about a guy that goes and finds loads of mutiny, like demon type people. And they, the demons end up being good. That's all I remember. And I remember the bird that that shoots the things out of her back. Because I remember that was a bit bit sexy. Because she lures some of the cops into the into the back with her sexiness and then shoots them with these spikes <laughs> but that that, that 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 was quite a cool scene i thought it says as well. a lot about you when but you i wanted to see kid. more of those characters that's the thing you don't really see much of the characters is like and again i think it's because loads got cut out and stuff like that but I don't it's know. a shame yeah you're gonna score it i want to hear your score on this one man <laughs> well i could give it some points danny elfman's score was good and um, Cronenberg it was very, character. it's Cronenberg factor and the u- uniqueness of it, so it gets about five for me. I'll oh, give that's it a five out of ten. I'd probably give it the same, mate. I'd probably it's give it a five av- out of ten. It's, it's, I won't get it, it's not completely brutal, so it's not like shit shit. I'm not going to give it anything lower than that. It's just average, yeah, for me. Yeah, no, nothing cool. too exciting, but you know, worth a watch. I'd give that a five as well. Yeah, cool. Yeah, middle of the road. Not, not so down on it in the end after all. <laughs> You're never going like... to always agree on everything, are we? No, but... no. But you can give it the same bloody score. Exactly. I don't think, like I said, I don't think it's a masterpiece. I, but I can see the good things about it. And I, again, I'd be interested to see what the director's cut's like to see if it is much different. I suppose it's my pick this time. It is indeed. And uh, I'm going to do something where I haven't seen the movie. I don't know if you have. Okay. Um, but watching this Nightbreed inspired me to do a bit of research on the guy who played Decker. So we're going to watch a David Cronenberg movie. Oh, I've seen a lot of his movies. Is it going to be one I've seen? It's going to be Scanners. Oh, mate. I love that movie. Yeah? All yeah. right, sweet. So I haven't seen this one, so I've been meaning to watch it for ages. So I've got my copy. Um, yeah, looking forward to watching that. I get to watch the awesome Michael Ironside. Mm, it is indeed. Destroy people's brains <laughs> and explode their heads. Can't wait. Excellent. I've seen loads of imagery on this. So yeah, looking forward to this one. Um, next episode we're going to watch our main review will be the new movie coming out called Overlord uh, from J.J. Abrams something to scream about which is our worst horror movies so it's that movie that's just literally a pile of shit that you just can't stand (laughs) (laughs) and we've seen a few so yeah get along with that and then our movie from the vault is David Cronenberg's 1981 Scanners if you want to get involved with the uh, topic section or tell us about your anything to do with horror just come at us ask us questions and we'll like read them out at the end of it if you want anything yeah anything you want to know about us or recommendations or oh we'd love i'd love recommendations so yeah um get us get in contact um, with us on twitter the handle is uh, draw and last breath uh, podcast at draw and last 
or find us at Facebook by searching the name of our podcast, Instagram, Draw One Last Breath Podcast, or email us at drawonelastbreathpod at hotmail.com. Old school. Totally. And there's only one more thing, one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast.